everyone. This is Chris and Sandy Bent with the Chris and Sandy Show. We get up close and personal with some amazing guests throughout the entertainment industry. And today, like I say on every episode, we've got a great show for you. We've got Maddie Poppy, who is the winner of the Season 16 of American Idol, coming on. And she's doing some great things out there. Yeah, she won Idol, but since Idol, she's doing some awesome things too. So, Maddie, are you here? Yeah. Yeah, thanks for having me. It's our pleasure. So how are you doing today? I am doing good. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm I'm back home in Iowa. I've pretty much been here this whole uh, whole quarantine. So. Oh well. And speaking of quarantine, you know, like I say on every episode, I like to kind of talk about that a little bit because I think it's important. So how has COVID affected you musically, and what are you doing to kind of maneuver around that? Well, um, man, uh, it's been so hard. Um, I actually had a whole project planned for this year, and um, we had kind of talked about lining up a tour and stuff like that. And um, in uh, in April, the entire project fell through. And wow. um, and since then, I've been an independent artist. And so it's been tough not only, you know, being independent, but mm-hmm. also – um, just trying to figure out um, what to do with this time that I have right now, um, yeah. how I could, you know, use it best. And we definitely understand where you're coming from about being independent because, you know, we're just a lonely old show here, you know, <laughs> that we just had a launch back in January 3rd, you know, so, you know, and we're trying to grind this thing out. In fact, um, yes. we launched January 3rd, like I told you. And it was like we, we wanted to do 100 interviews first year, and we thought, you know, hey, that would be a great goal. I felt like very few hosts can say they did 100 interviews the first year. COVID happens. And I told Sandy, this could be a silver lining for us. This could be our moment to shine. And because of that, we're almost at 270 interviews. Yeah, yes. that's that's amazing. Um, I, I, I know that, you know, this time also – you know, as as unfortunate as it has been and as many things yeah. that have fallen through for people, it also, I think it's given people time to reflect and also um, time to do the things that they were um, maybe too busy to focus on before. Yeah. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, because yeah, some people it slowed down, some people it sped up. Like for us it sped up, you know. Yeah. <clears throat> um, but then other people, they were so, so busy. And this has given them the time to come back to family. For sure. Yeah, absolutely. Because we run everything as a family. Ellie's joked that we're a family affair. Uh, and um, because <laughs> we have us two, and then we have our eight-year-old, which you'll hear from him later because we always have him ask one question to each guest. And <laughs> we have a 20-month, and we have a 20-month-old daughter, mm-hmm. and that's where it gets tricky trying to run your show because of course she's not on showtime, she's on her time. So um before we really dig into your story and all that, talk about the things you got coming up, um, like your Christmas E P and also some show dates that you got. Yeah, so I am uh, I'm releasing an E P here um November twentieth. And wow. it's my first independent release since I got off the show. Um, and so I'm a little nervous because <laughs> I literally had to Google my way through everything because, you know, 
I don't know anything about releasing music or like the legal mm-hmm. things you have to go through. And, um, mm-hmm. But anyways, yes, I have that coming out um, November 20th. And then I have a bunch of, I have a small like Iowa tour. There's about nine shows. Um, and oh, wow. it's just all over Iowa this December. I love that. <clears throat> so, you know, before we really dig into your story, I always like to go a little light for the guests. Um, so what are some hobbies you like to do outside of music? Oh, I like to do DIY stuff. Like I like to <laughs> do little little home improvements. Like even if that's oh, just cool. like finding new light fixtures or like painting the house. Like just little stuff. Um, yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. I made some window boxes too and some shutters, so that was kind of fun. Um, oh, cool. But besides that, um, man, I just like to hang out with my family. Is that a hobby? <laughs> well, I guess some people can consider it a hobby. I, to, yeah. For us, it's a lifestyle because we're a 24-7 family. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so what would you say is something quirky about you? Hmm. Something quirky about me is I have never tried a strawberry before in my whole life. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. Is there a reason? <laughs> Honestly, I'm I'm like actually kind of afraid of them. Like if someone is like being sweet and it's like, oh, I bought you a rat or a strawberry cheesecake. I just say I'm allergic because I don't want to be rude. Um, <laughs> but um, yeah, I don't know. I I don't like the smell of like strawberry smoothies or mm. I don't know. Oh, I've wow. always had a fear of them, which is really weird. But um, yeah. Well, you need to go on the fear factor. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I don't think anybody could pay me enough money to try a strawberry. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, you know, a lot of hosts would ask, um, when did you know you want to do music? But I like to go a little deeper than that. When did you know or when did it click that this could actually be a career? Um. It kind of clicked um, in high school when, um, you know, my other friends had jobs like at, um, you know, they were CNAs or um, working as waitresses and stuff like that. Um, And I never, ever had like, well, I guess when I was really young, like I was like 14, I worked at an ice cream shop. But other than that, Mm -hmm. I really never had a job job, like like an actual job um like employed by someone else and so um I was just booking shows in high school and um you know I found that um it was kind of all about like working smarter and not harder like Mm -hmm. I I didn't have to Mm -hmm. put in the hours that other people had to you know I could do a show for two hours and um you know make the same as someone who had worked you know 30 hours that week and that's just kind of the sad the sad um reality but I mean Mm -hmm. that's kind of when I figured Mm -hmm. like okay this isn't a this isn't a super stable career because everybody else has a steady paycheck coming in every month every two weeks whatever Mm -hmm. I'm like Mm -hmm. okay I can go six months without working and then make my whole year's salary in a month you know what I mean but I'm never guaranteed that um so I think I think I I figured it out pretty young just because I knew it wasn't uh, like super stable 
and, mm-hmm. um, you know, a reliable career, but it's what I love to do. And if, um, you know, if I could make it work and I guess I was just willing to take that risk and, uh, yeah, I'm glad I did. <laughs> and, you know, speaking of that, I, you know, I, perfect lead in for the next part you know as you know a lot of people they see the glory of a Blake Shelton of a Miranda of a Carey you know of a Tory Kelly and all that and um but they don't see the grind the sacrifice the tears the struggles that it takes not just to get to their levels but to get to even a career level and I always said that you know what we're going to talk about that side of it on this show because I think it's so important because nobody else talks about it, and I like to, and I, I think that people before they jump into this crazy music business need to know what it really takes. I'm gonna tell a quick story to help guide us where I want this to go. But back in 2014, we interviewed Allison Steele from Two Steel Girls, and at that time they were full time with music. And I asked Allison what advice she would give an up and coming artist. I'll never forget her answer. She said, "This is gonna sound funny coming from someone full time, but if your heart." will allow you to do anything to do anything outside of me. If you can see yourself doing something else, go do that and just keep music as a hobby. She went on to say that because once you want it to be a career, <laughs> you no longer own your own life, so to speak. Everybody else kind of owns a piece of it. Then on top of that, <clears throat> your friends and relatives never understand because they invite you to weddings, to cookouts, to weekends, to holidays. But you know when you're grinding, you can't say no to a gig. And you for sure can't cancel a gig once you've gotten it because you don't want to be that kind of artist. And friends and relatives yeah. sometimes don't understand that. Then your family has to sacrifice with you because they got to let you get out that door. You know, they don't always get to see you. So, <clears throat> so there's so much sacrifice there. But then she added, but if your heart will not allow you to do anything outside, if you cannot see yourself doing something else, go all in because the only way that those kind of sacrifices could ever be worth it. What do you think of what she said? And let's talk about that side of it a little bit. Oh, yeah. I agree completely. Um, Totally. I mean, it's definitely not for everyone. And I think that some people think that they want this, and then they get into it, and it's just like, oh, I'm I'm way, I'm in way over my head, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, Because it's a lot. Definitely, like, not super great for like your mental health, to be honest, even if you're like doing super well at the top of the charts and everything, it's like, it's, it's never, mm-hmm. it's never like, Oh my gosh. Um, like I'm, this is so stable. Like I, I'm set for life. It's like, mm-hmm. you know, when you have a song that's charting really well, it's like, Nope. Um, we can't mm-hmm. like, you can, t- you can take a second and, and be grateful for it. But then it's like, okay, I got to, I got to keep going here. You know, it's like never mm-hmm. slows down. And mm-hmm. when you take a break, you know, even when you take a, the smallest break, people forget about you and that, um, yeah. and that's hard. So yeah, it's, it's definitely you have to balance like what's most important um, to you. And I think one of the things that has been most important to me has been my family because mm-hmm. right off of the show, I wasn't home very often. I was, I was, you know, I was all over the country and I was so grateful for that, and that was a lot of fun. But um, I also missed my family so much and <clears throat> knew that I needed to make time for them because they were what was most important to me. And mm-hmm. so I definitely think that um, 
I can say that I haven't gone full in on my music career. I can like yeah. honestly say that because there's just, um, you know, I, I, I guess you got to pick. Do you want to <laughs> go all in and never, never make time for people you love the most or, you know, and for me, my family's just, to be honest, more important. <laughs> and it's one of them double-edged swords because again, you go, you go all in because you believe that you, this will work. But there are mm-hmm. people that go all in and it don't work for. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So it's, one of them, it's one of them things that you really have to figure out. Do you have that path? You know, that path of, I guess, enough uniqueness to get, get the attention out there. Because, again, there's so many people that are doing all this. And that's why I like to talk about this side of it because I think it's so important for people to understand what it really takes, not just to make it at the Blake Shelton level, but to make it at a career level. Oh, for sure. Yeah. It's a lot. It's a lot. Um, it's a toll for sure on you. Yeah. So now that we talked about some of the sacrifices, let's go the other way and flip the script and talk about the glory side that people see. Um, what are some moments where you're like, wow, I got to do that? And we'll start with, of course, the elephant in the room, American Idol. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, there's moments sometimes still where I'm like, how did I, wow, I won American Idol? <laughs> it's crazy, you know? Sometimes it doesn't fully hit me. Um, mm-hmm. But there's been all mm-hmm. kinds of moments that I look back now, like now that I'm not really, you know, now that I'm like kind of feel like I'm starting over, like now that I'm independent and in, mm-hmm. in this um you know, this whole year has been so hard. I I feel like I'm kind of back at square one sometimes. And so, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I, I, I took so many moments for granted, to be honest. Like, you know, just wow. having that moment, you know, winning the, winning the show. Um, mm-hmm. Just like times when I got to, you know, I got to perform on Ryan and Kelly or like I performed at the Radio Disney Music Awards, you know. Um, there were all kinds of kinds of little moments like that that they just went so fast that you didn't really have time to even think about what you were actually doing in that moment, you know? Mm-hmm. And yeah. I'm so glad you're talking about this because, again, it's the little moments that matter. Because sometimes even with our show, I catch myself like, like we just recently finally booked Lee Bryce coming up for Monday. And we're yeah. a small show. And I'm sitting there and, 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 and already – that we got him booked, I'm like, okay, now who's the next bigger one? And sometimes I forget to say, wow, we booked Lee Bryce. You know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, he's our big, I mean, we, we've had, we'll have Lee Bryce on Monday. We've had Allie Brooke come on. Um, yeah. We've had Randy Travis and his wife come on. So, mm-hmm. so you're so right that, that you have to treasure those little moments too, not not just you know, because because when you treasure the little moments, the big moments really matter even more. Oh, for sure, yeah, absolutely. <clears throat> so, what would you say is one of the craziest things that's happened since Idol to you? Um, jeez, um, that's a hard question. <laughs> um. It could be something on stage. It could be just anything, you know. Um, man, craziest thing. 
Well, one of the craziest. I should say. I should reword that and say one of the crazy. That way, people don't like say, "Okay, I got you know, I got the you know, just one of the one of the crazy moments." <laughs> oh man, like one of the coolest moments, or like crazy, like wow, that was weird moments. Hey, give me one of each. That'd be awesome. Oh my gosh. Um. Oh um. I one of the coolest things was when um Kelly Clarkson came up to me and was talking to me and was making sure that everyone was treating me right and um oh, wow. that they were taking care of me and um she was backstage and like didn't have any makeup on and just she was in her sweatpants and everybody else was kind of in full hair and makeup and you know was dressed <laughs> to the nines and whatever and and she just didn't care and I was just like wow that's Kelly Clarkson. Like that was like a very um, inspirational moment. What you see is what you get with her. Yeah, and to be honest, when when she when I saw her, you know, and just it was it was inspiring to me to know, like, you know what, you don't have to be what everybody um, thinks you should be. You know, you can you can um, you can you can uh, be like that and uh, just be yourself and. You know, I think that's what people love a lot about Kelly Clarkson. That's definitely a moment that stuck with me because um, mm-hmm. just just because um, I don't know. I don't know why it impacted me so much. I think it's because <laughs> I've been just meeting, um, you know, all kinds of um, musicians and stuff, and they are always, um, you know, in full hair and makeup and looking great. Yeah. And um, and yeah, Kelly was just super down to earth and I think that was like an eye opener where I just kind of was like you know what you don't have to be you don't have to be perfect exactly. you don't have to um, you know look like a superstar all the time and I think yeah. sometimes people don't understand that you know when it comes to fans now granted I'm not saying the critical fans you all, you're, you're always going to have critical fans but when it comes mm-hmm. to fans they just want you to be authentic I think that's the most important thing to a fan is just be you. You know, you know what you see on stage and what they see when you talk when they talk to you face to face. They want to see the same person. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Now, have you? Um, how have? Because of course, everybody in the uh, artistry arena has to really t- um, focus in a little bit on this. How have you dealt with the critics? Because every artist has them. How is yeah. that? How have you had to deal? Because of course you've probably had bigger critics because of you winning I/O than your average artist. So how have you navigated that field? You know, at first it was very hard for me. I was I would read all the comments and then I would get, you know, upset and hurt by anything anybody said, and it really mm-hmm. bothered me. Um, and then I finally just learned like. Don't even read the comments and, you know, right. and then I honestly, when people would like leave mean comments on my post, I'd just block them. Cause I'm like, why do I even yeah. need that? I, I, you know, why does that person even need to be here? Um, mm-hmm. And so exactly. I handle it a lot better now. Cause I, I can, I can kind of shrug it off and just kind of roll my eyes and move on. Um, <laughs> um but it wasn't always that way. It, it wasn't always that way. It was really hard at first. Um, mm-hmm. But I think it's happened so much. I think I've gotten pretty thick skin throughout this journey. And so, yeah. 
you know, that, that's just like the other day we had our first, I guess you could say, troll. Um, we, we, we do video and audio interviews, and and we was we was interviewing um, Brancel the other day, and what and somebody called us geezers. <laughs> oh yes, I saw that scroll through while we were doing the show, and I was like, ah, but we could delete it afterwards. <laughs> yep, I deleted, I deleted, and banned them from the page. So you know, again, like you yes. said, yeah, you know, I there don't need that. Um, you know, it's it's like if you really believe that, why are you listening? Exactly, right. that's the thing. I mean, I think they do it just to try and get your attention, and so why well, I try not to give them any. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I love your attitude on that because again, you know, and it's funny because I never know where the sh- where our show is going to go, and that's what I like about it. I always have a base of questions that I always ask, but I never know mm-hmm. where it's going to go. And this is kind of the first time we talked about the critic side, so yeah. and, you know, so I'm kind of glad it went there because I think I think sometimes people need to hear that because it, it's hurtful, and I, and and some and I know people yeah. probably get that it's hurtful who do it. But I wish they would get how hurtful it actually can be because not everybody mm-hmm. is strong enough to handle that. Exactly. That's the thing. And I'm lucky that I have a very strong support system. I'm very close to my family, and they're very mm-hmm. um, they're very supportive mm-hmm. because there's people who couldn't handle that, you know, and wouldn't have yep. anybody to lean on and, um, you know, talk them mm-hmm. through it, wouldn't have. I guess a shoulder to cry on and, and their mom to tell them like, it's okay, ignore them, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so, you know what's yeah. funny is now, now this is more of a funny one comment, but I remembered about a hundred episodes back, we interviewed Jeff Coffey and I remember going to his page after he shared the interview the next day. And I went to kind of read some of the comments that people left on uh, about the interview. And I seen this one comment that stuck out and she said, great interview. But the host was Wendy. And I had to ask Sandy, what the heck does Wendy even mean? <laughs> yes, and I was like, I guess it means long-winded or something. <laughs> and, and, and then I was like, okay, that's my authentic self. I am long-winded. I was like, okay, I, I, can, I, can, I can deal with that one. Yeah, but, you know, I've gotten, I've gotten a little better, but, but I still like to talk. <laughs> <laughs> I like to talk, too. <laughs> <laughs> that is awesome. <laughs> We'd get along really good then. <laughs> and yeah, we're going to take a quick break, and then we're going to come back and play your song, Nothing Good Comes Out of California, and talk about that. How's that sound? Cool. Yeah. All right. Hang on the line. Hey, everyone. We have partnered with another great podcast called The Sports Guys Podcast. You can find them over at thesportsguyspodcast.com. The Sports Guys Podcast is a sports and country music podcast hosted by Brandon, Nick, and Andy. They cover sports on a state, regional, and national level with many of the biggest names in the sports industry. The Sports Guys also host a Backstage Pass music segment where they go behind the scenes and talk with some of the biggest artists in country music, everything from Texas country, Americana, as well as Nashville artists. The Backstage Pass provides a more in-depth look at the musicians' rise in music as they talk about their career and tell stories about their music to share with their fans. Many of the same guests will be appearing on our show as well. Again, you can find them over at thesportsguyspodcast.com. It's a grand slam of sports and music. Please go over and check them out.
What's a heartland girl doing way out there? They say you'll get tattooed in purple hair. You'll miss the Friday night lights in the county fair, and that's a pity. They say traffic there is a perfect mess. How you get around anybody's guess? You got a wheel and deal in stiletto heels in the city. They say it's beautiful, but it ain't always pretty. Um, 
but I mean, ultimately it was, it was all his idea. He came, he came in with that. So, yeah. I love that story. Now, as you know, fans, they see the artists, but they don't see the PR people, managers, producers, and, and the team, so to speak. Um, and I think that the teams never get enough love. So I want to change that on our show. I always give a, our, each artist a chance to talk about their team. And I don't care if it's a team of one person or a team of like 300, like Justin Bieber says he has. You know, <laughs> It doesn't matter. Yeah. A team is a team. But if you want to take a couple moments to just tell us about the team that helped you be who you are. Yeah, well, that's great because um, that's, that's so true. They totally don't get enough credit. Um, but – um, yeah, I am, I'm with, um, uh, Terrapin Station Entertainment, actually, and, um, my manager is Jonathan Shank. He's the head of, um, the entertainment company there, and I've been with him since Idol, so I met him yeah. when I was on the show, and I never really took any of it seriously because I never thought I was going to win. So I was like, oh, I don't really need to know this guy because <laughs> I'm not going to win this show. So, you know what I mean? Like, so I never really um, got to know him very well on the show. But, um, you know, then I ended up winning and we, you know, we were together every day and talking about plans and stuff like that. And, um, you know, he's had my back through all sorts of stuff with labels and, you know, mm-hmm. With with all kinds of um, just any bump in the road, you know, and he stuck yeah. by me and um, believed in me. And the people on his team, um, Emily Frost um, is a is a girl who does a lot of my social media. So um, she plans out those posts. She makes the graphics. Um, she comes up with all kinds of content ideas. Um, she's just very creative and. Uh, yeah, she doesn't get enough credit for for all my social media stuff. She, I don't know what I would do without her because it's like <laughs> you're constantly having to post updates on shows and you know links to certain stuff, and mm-hmm. um, um, she's so helpful with that. And um, then there's Chaz, um, and he is um, he is kind of in the touring world. So every time I have a show, he's talking with the promoter and lining up hotels. And, um, you know, telling the promoter what I need and all that sort of stuff, kind of being the middleman. So, um, you know, I'm not having to do it. And that is so helpful Um, just because it's hard and it's um, it's hard to be in that position where, um, you know, you have to negotiate with the promoter. You know what I mean? So, um, yeah, he's and he's he's always. He's always been somebody I can call about anything. Like I need advice literally on anything. Um, and I know I'm going to get the, the best advice from him. Um, and then there's, there's a couple more people on the team there. Um, Kelly Brickell. And she, um, she is, she's, I guess I, w- I was going to say she's newer, but she's not, she's been there, but she was not there when, um, when I had gotten off the show. Um, mm-hmm. But she is literally the person who sets up, everything like she set up this wow. call for me today in this podcast and um you know it's constantly well we appreciate um, her <laughs> yeah yeah yes, she's, she's great and um yeah she's very um very helpful with all that stuff gives me all the details that I need when I need them you know and uh well I mean and you know they don't they don't all just specifically do their one thing they man they yeah. cover a lot of bases but um 
And then the, the other person um, on the team is Stephen Lundy, and he is in charge of all the brand deals. So, like, um, I'll, I'll be scrolling on the Internet. I'll be like, oh, look at these shoes. I would love – like, he's always like, send me anybody you want to work with. And I send it to him, and he literally reaches out that day. And um, so anytime you've seen me with um, – you know, I've done stuff with Fab Fit Fun and Proactive, stuff like that. That's his department, and he totally kills his department um, because he – I don't know. I don't know what the magic touch is that he – what he says to these brands. He gets the job done. But, man, he gets the job done. He sure does. Um, Yeah, and so so that is my management team, Um, and uh, and I do want to mention one more person. Um, Mm -hmm. um, Her name is um, Noelle. And she is, that reminds me of that song, her name is Noelle. (laughs) Um, Her name is Noelle, and she is from United Talent Agency. So that's my booking agency. And she literally is very new to the team. Like, I have not um, even, I've not even worked with her. And it's not even been three months. But as soon as I met her, we got on a call. And, um, I actually was working with someone else, but then that, though, she stepped up and, um, I literally got on a call with her and she was like, what do you want? Like, what do you want to do? And I told her, I want to release this Christmas album. And I think I told Mm -hmm. her this in like August or something. I said, Mm -hmm. I want to release this Christmas album. And we hadn't even started it yet, but, um, and I want to do a Midwest, uh, Christmas tour. And that's, mm-hmm. um, you know, and I thought, oh, mm-hmm. that's far-fetched. That's, not, you know, that's not going to come on. That's not going <laughs> to happen. But I just thought I'd throw it out there. And uh, she said, well, send me some venues that you, you'd want. And I sent her a bunch of venues. And, oh my gosh, she came back with nine. I, there might be a tenth show now. Like, she yeah. came back with all these, all oh, books. Yeah. And um, it was just unbelievable. I am <laughs> I'm so grateful for her. She really came in and just, oh, my gosh. She just uh, kicked butt, and uh, mm-hmm. man, yeah, she gets to work, and so that's the another. Teams are so I'm... important. Yeah, they are. teams really are so important, and, and people don't get that. You know, you, you got some some people that are artists are like, well, I do it all, and yeah, maybe at the beginning you have to, but there comes a point where without a team, your will be stagnant. Oh yeah, it's. And, you know, I didn't even say half of probably what I needed or, or you know, should have said. And I know I'm going to think of stuff after after we get off the um, call. <laughs> but, um, yes, I'm so grateful for them. And, um, you know, they, they are the people who have never given up on me. And, you know, when yeah. others have, there's mm-hmm. been so many people who have said, yeah, you're not, we're not interested anymore. Or, you know, uh, you're mm-hmm. not making us any money anymore, you know, and, and just stuff like that. But, um you know, they have never given up on me and always had my back and always have my best interest and I and I fully trust them and so that has been so so great to have. I think um with any I mean, for anything they're just the most valuable um have always been the most valuable people. Mia. <clears throat> I love that. So um we kind of got a third team member ourselves too, our, our third yes, co-host, our, our eight-year-old, that we always ask one <laughs> question to each artist. Yes. So Sandy's going to get little Chris on, yes, and of course we've good. got a 
And we got a 20 month old that when she gets older, we'll be plugging her in the show too. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. You know what? It's funny because I kind of joke. There are times where we'll see an artist doing like a live that they came on our show. And if they talk about our show, they always talk about him. And I'm like, oh, he's our secret weapon. (laughs) Yes, he is. And I have him here. He's ready to say hey, and he's got a question. Hi, Maddie. Hi. What's your favorite food? (laughs) My, this is the most intriguing question of all. My (laughs) favorite food is any kind of pasta. I'm obsessed Mm. with pasta. Sounds good. Yes. And what? And what's yours, Lucas? Pizza. That's a close second, man. Pizza. Is- <laughs> yeah. Bye. Dave. Yeah, he could. Hey, he could eat it all day. Bye. If we fed him pizza all day, he'd eat it all day. Oh yes, he does love it. I haven't had so pizza in a could, while, but that makes me really hungry yeah. for pizza. <laughs> we had pizza last night, matter of fact. We did. <laughs> Yeah, we we usually get Little Caesars, so I kind of I was like, you know what? We should just get Little Caesars to sponsor part of our show, so that way when he at, when people ask what's your favorite food, he can say Little Caesars pizza. <laughs> oh, for sure. Because <laughs> that is Absolutely. what we eat, so it wouldn't, it wouldn't be stretching the truth. Because that is what we eat when we do get That's pizza here it. in Savannah. <laughs> Those are the best deals to get. The ones where you you can just genuinely endorse them. Yep. So if you could co-write with any person, dead or alive, who would it be and what would you want to write about? You're asking some tough questions today, man. Um, <laughs> um, I could write, oh, I would like to write with um, Nate Roos. I'm pretty sure that's how you say his last name. I should know, but it's, he's from the band Fun, the lead singer. Mm-hmm. Um I love him. I love his voice. Um, I think he's so great and so talented, and I would like to write with him. That would be awesome. Now, there's probably a thousand answers to this next question, but just think of the first thing that kind of pops in your head. What is a song out there that you've heard that you wish you wrote? Oh, man. Um... Probably it's well. I don't know why this song is coming to my head, but I've always loved it. <laughs> Magic by Coldplay. Oh wow! Oh yes. <clears throat> really, really. That good one's song. a good one. So what song? And, and I know every song that you have is a baby of yours. But what song of yours means the most, and why? Oh man. Um Probably my song called Not Losing You because because that song, when we were writing it, I don't know why, but something, it just flowed. I didn't hit a single blank. I just kept, um, I just felt so inspired the whole day. Oh, wow. um, It felt just kind of like magic when we were putting it together. Like it just (laughs) felt um, right. And mm-hmm. that song means a lot to me, um, just the sentiment and the meaning about it um, or of it. Um, 
Yeah, <laughs> and I would say, yeah, that song, and, and yeah. because I, um, that is the song I'm most proud of for sure. Because um, awesome, I think it's, I think that I think it's my my best song and the one that I most. And I I listen back now, and there's nothing I would change. And there's other songs that I'm like, <laughs> oh, I wish I'd change this about it. But um, <laughs> that that one I can I can stand by still. Yes. Do you ever catch yourself listening to a song on the radio, and although it's a number one hit, you're like, I would tweak that one line. <laughs> Always. I was just thinking of that. That's so weird, because I was just thinking of that day. I was. I had a song stuck in my head, and I and I sang the line, and I was like, that's kind of weird. I don't. I think they should have changed that. <laughs> yeah, and and here's the crazy part: when you hear it on the radio. Once you've made that thought, you always hear your your version now. Oh, for sure. (laughs) (laughs) So this past February made the five-year anniversary that we asked Kelsey Ballerini where she wanted to be in five years. And I always like to tell this story before I ask the artist that same question. Um, Because the answer that she gave us back then, when nobody really knew who she was, is almost to the T of what she's living right now. I mean, it's amazing to hear the vision that she had back then. So knowing that, where do you want to be in five years? Oh. Mm, um, man, in five years, I guess I want to just be making music that's authentic to me and that I'm so wow. proud of and that I'm um, so happy with. And I hope that I um, – can gain an audience not because they saw me on a TV show and not because they think yeah. that's cool, but um, because they genuinely like my music and they genuinely like me. And I hope that um, hope that I've found myself a little more mm-hmm. um, because I think I still have a lot of discovering to do, to be honest. Yeah, I love. That. I mean, that's an office authentic as you get answer. You know, we've heard many answers. Not sure mm-hmm. if I've heard an answer quite like that one. So I, I love that answer. <laughs> yeah. Now let's look 10, 15 years down the road And let's say that you are a success Whatever that looks like You're a success on a grand scale If the person you are today Could meet your future successful self What would you remind her? I would remind her That's a great question I would remind her um, Like Remember Remember 10 years ago, you know, where you were and mm-hmm. um, be grateful for every single moment, you know, that you have because 10 years ago, you know, you would have killed to be where you are and, and this is all you ever mm. dreamed of. Um, mm. But also um, be true to yourself. Um, yeah. Yeah, I guess. I don't know. That's, that's a tough question. Man, but that's a great answer. Because <laughs> again, it's, it's about it's about staying grounded, and I can tell that's where you are. You're very grounded, which is important, especially in in the crazy music world. I mean, if you're not grounded, it will eat spit you, it will eat you up and spit you out. Yes, that's <laughs> so. If you um, let's say you you had a friend of yours and you heard him or her sing, and they've got something special. They got basically what Simon Cowell would say that it factor. They've played maybe 40 or 50 shows, so they're still getting their feet wet on the performance side. But they got on stage, and they got what every artist says, a stage bug. 
where they look over the crowd and the crowd's roaring for them and they know they're in the right place and they come to you and they say, Maddie, I know I'm supposed to do this with the rest of my life. What advice would you give that specific person to kind of help guide them the next few years? I would say keep doing what you're doing. And if you're, if you're happy with, you know, what's your, what direction you're going right now, then stick to it. And, um, and don't change because don't change because you want to be discovered because you want to make it big. Stay true to yourself because, um, you know, there might be a hundred people that pass you up, but that, you know, um, hundred and first person that comes, um, and, and loves you and discovers you. And that's yeah. maybe the only person who, um, in the end, their opinion, mm-hmm. um, will matter and, and that may be yep. the only person who could have done anything for you anyways. Um, exactly. So I don't know. I would, I would say be true to yourself and if it's going to happen, then it's going to happen. If it's meant to be, it'll happen. <clears throat> yes. Yeah, sp- speaking of what you just said, I remember when we first launched this show, I reached out to a Nashville friend and I asked him, what would, he, what advice would he give us? Cause I knew he hosted a show years ago. What advice would he give us on this? And um, of getting started, and he said, the only advice I'll give is be and stay authentic. He, he went on to say that you could tell everybody Bones joke. You could tell every Ty Bentley joke because he knew we looked up to those two people. And he said that you, he, you might even be good at it, but the day will come when authentic Chris comes out. And when that day comes, you're going to lose every bit of your audience because they were never attracted to authentic Chris. He said, yeah. start with authentic being right from the beginning. He says, your show may grow slower, but you'll gain the right audience in the meantime. That is so, so true. Absolutely. So as we come to a close here, um, what is a question that you wish hosts like us would ask, but they kind of never do? Mm, um, man, you got me a little tongue-tied today. Um, <laughs> <laughs> That's why I don't give um, my questions away. <laughs> Let's see. Um question that I wish that people would ask. Um man, I I am blanking so bad right now. Um Well that probably shows we did a great job. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <clears throat> Because we've I actually we've built our show around that question. <laughs> I honestly can't answer that. I'm so sorry. No, I love that. You know, so as we come to a complete close here, tell everybody how they can reach out to you. So I am Maddie Poppy on all platforms. It's P O P P E, and um, I've got an album coming out November 20th. It's called Christmas from Home. And I'm very excited about it. And you can also go on my website and find out all the new information, um, what's coming up and what's new. And, uh, yeah, that's uh, MaddiePoppy.com. I love that. And, you know, we really enjoyed having you on the show today, and we for sure look forward to having you back down the road. Yes, Yeah, thank you so much for, for thinking of me. Thanks for having me. Very nice to meet you guys over the phone. Sounds great. Oh, we love you. it. We'll talk to you soon. Yes. See you later. Thanks. Bye.